1: Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? so Give it a try
0: at mintmobile.com slash switch.
2: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new
0: customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe.
1: Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey,
0: it's professional wrestler Colt, Boom Boom, Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Bros. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Um, support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Lou Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, Ramble, and
3: Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. I'm El Fakador Laurie Blake and I'm joined by housemate Simon Longdon. Hi mate, you've been living in a Star Wars universe for the past mm. week and a bit I think.
1: No, because so. I was away last week.
3: Well, you were away last week but then you've come back and you've got Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order back mm. in your hands and I've noticed that... Quite often during the day, you're just watching Star Wars-related videos mm. on YouTube. I'm having a bit of a Star Wars thing again. Mm. Um, Star Wars, th- it's
1: that time of year. Yeah. It I, is. I mean, I'm Star Pro- Wars season. Yeah. At some point over the next, I imagine, month or so, I'm going to watch all the movies again or start watching Clone Wars or, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just having a bit of a moment. Mandalorian. I need to catch up on the Mandalorian. So I was away in America. But, um, yeah, I, Fallen Order is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm very excited by all things Star Wars right now.
3: What's the What's the best thing about Jedi Fallen Order?
1: Um, that's a, that's a tricky one. It's the lightsaber? The lightsaber is very cool. <laughs> the lightsaber is very cool. <laughs> the um, level design's amazing. Because mm-hmm. also, I'm not a big player of Souls games or mm-hmm. Bloodborne or any of those type of things. Like, what, what was? Um, sekiro sekiro like that system of meditation points and enemies coming back yeah yeah, that kind of thing um but like this is just so fun because it's just it's just a bit more actiony and a bit i guess easier Mm -hmm. in a in a good way it's still still hard um and i just find myself kind of wandering around like as because you, you've got to sort of you do your main objective and then you've just got to go back to your ship mm-hmm. and then that's when you do all your exploration exploration you slow as you come back you always end up going through different paths exploring new bit oh what's that over there i'll walk over there and you know you find then you find another boss and you find know yeah. all that kind of stuff i i'm not normally like that in games so when a game gets me like that and i actually start genuinely just trying to explore everything that's Actually, Quite. attempting
3: to play the game to its fullest degree, actually
1: yeah, actually attempting to explore the mm. thing that the game <laughs> designers designed, yeah um
3: Go, enjoying the world that somebody's
1: made for yeah. you they've hundreds of
3: people have slaved yeah. on for months and months one criticism gone of it crunch time for
1: one criticism of it is that it's not and actually this is i you know I don't know I actually don't know if this is a criticism or not it's a it's a comment it's actually not that star warsy y mm. in the sense that. Yes, you've got stormtroopers everywhere. But a lot of the design of the enemies outside of the Empire are don't feel that Star Warsy in terms of like the sort of monster design. Smushy and, rats, smushy yeah, yak things. Which is uh, it's you know, and also like the like quite early on you go down these tombs, everything's quite um stargatey and almost mm-hmm. Egyptian, and it's all about kind of almost explicitly kind of mentions aliens. So this is kind of a bit that bit's a bit more sort of general sci-fi, but I actually quite like that because the music is very Star Warsy, and I don't know, it's, it's a really interesting, you could make the sword a metal sword uh, and swap the stormtroopers for orcs or whatever mm-hmm. and it would be just as good. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I
3: mean? Yeah, I do. I'm not going to play it. Not a massive. I know you're Star not going to play it. Not a massive Star Wars. Fan. I'll I, watch you play it on Twitch. Maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've got. I've. I actually did more than I thought last night. I think I played about four hours last night. <laughs> <laughs> I saw. Sort of got. I was totally addicted. I was. Yeah. I've pretty. Uh, yeah. I think I've seventy percented the second planet. My lord. And they're big levels.
3: Well, we best get out of here so you can get back to it. Uh, Let's get into the main portion of the show. We'll be discussing, is there a new NXT title challenger from this week's episode? Here's the show. This was a really, really good episode of the show and set up, I think, came out of the gates, one, like, building on what happened over the weekend on uh, War Games and Survivor Series, but also attempted to position certain people ready for the future. Mm. Um, So the the main one to talk about is Finn Balor, who had a very big part to play in this episode of the show, fresh off his uh, win over Matt Riddle. (laughs) over war games and fresh off sort of like he kind of felt like he was floating around in like waiting for the Johnny Gargano feud but Johnny's injured now so now Finn Balor we're finally kind of finding out what's going to be happening with him and it seems like they're setting up an NXT championship shot with Adam Cole somewhere down the line
1: yeah it looks like looks like they're either I think he's going to get the shot now and they'll save the champer match for Mania weekend mm-hmm. that seems to be what they're aiming for um, which makes sense to me yeah overall I mean overall the show kind of did sort of I think in some in some points kind of stretched that a little bit too far yeah. with who to pick as challenger and in other cases kind of shot the shot a bit early mm-hmm. which when we talk about the build towards war games one of the one thing you could have you could say about that build was that it all felt like they had one one week too many and it kind of all went a bit oh, mm-hmm. sort of ready yeah, you know? yeah. and I think Some of the stuff I did in this show, particularly the main event, kind of, I think, may have done that same thing again, where it sort of happened very, very quickly. We've not really had a moment to kind of reset. It's just bang, straight on, which is a good thing in some ways. But in other ways, I think I'm not sure necessarily... Whether this was perhaps a little too soon to well, start this straight away, I would argue that this is.
3: The, I, I think p- positioning Finn Balor in a first ever match with Samata Champa, which is what happened on the show, with as the, no build, as the main event with no build. However, it's a way of maintaining momentum. Exactly, Coming off, yeah. they're, they're, they you know they won in the ratings last week against AEW. They get they're gonna hopefully hopefully get the big sort of post Survivor Series boost as well. We'll find out later uh, whether or not that happened. And then putting in like a recognizable star, but who is an NXT star in that sort of main event role yeah. is a very good idea. So that kind of meant that most of the show on the men's roster side of things was built around this angle. The show opens with uh, Josiah Williams uh, of Wrestle and Flow, who accompanied Adam Cole to the ring um, at one of the takeovers. Yeah. Um, he he said, uh, after uh, after war, we went to Survivor Series and beat the brakes off Raw and SmackDown, and now it's time to celebrate because we are NXT. And then he goes down to the ring, rapping a song about NXT and how great it is while all the superstars run down and they're dancing around the ring and chanting NXT with a crowd. It was kind of a goofy segment, but it, I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I, I wasn't crazy about it, only because I just don't think... In this day and age, I don't know, it just doesn't seem to make much sense to me that any wrestler would have, like, in kayfabe, brand loyalty like mm-hmm. that. I don't, th- I just, it's just very difficult for, I just, it's just not a thing that really gets me going. I'm mm. not, I, I'm, I know it's uh, it, It's not really a, a massive deal, but yeah, for me, that kind of stuff just, it just felt a bit goofy. I feel like it, like it felt very raw SmackDown. Mm, like, I, I, I enjoyed
3: it, but I feel like NXT, it was more probably for the people at full sale to be like you know we're like we're we're NXT United we're a little club of people and a-
1: I just think it's so hard to be in any group of superstars round the ring and not look like a bit of a geek do you know what I mean it's just hard, like you know it's just hard not to like it does i think I think it just makes everyone look a
3: bit silly. So Housemate Simon is on the Adam Cole camp because he didn't want people to do this either. <laughs> no. He came out and he was like, stop, 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 stop. Because the only reason that NXT even won at Survivor Series is because of the Undisputed Era. Obviously, Roddy Strong won uh, his match. That, I mean, that was it, really. That was Undisputed Era's main help at Survivor Series. Obviously, Adam Cole won uh, his title match, but that didn't count towards the overall score at Survivor Series. So. Yeah. Yeah. Really it was actually a bit of a bit Which, of a stretch. It said as m- it said
1: as much about the rushed and nonsensical nature of the point system of Survivor series mm-hmm. than it did about yeah. anything they else. They won by
3: two clear points as well so it's like Roddy's win didn't actually even count. It's, ba- it's basically, it did not matter.
1: T- the points thing is, I never, even, I never even tried to engage with it. No. It made absolutely no sense mm-hmm. to me whatsoever. <laughs> well, so he, so he basically says that over
3: the weekend, the Undisputed Era fellas uh, fell dominated and they are the Iron Men of NXT. While this was happening, uh, Tommaso Champa, Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, and Dominic Dijakovic had made their way into the ring and were sort of standing there facing off. So they're being sort of positioned, I think, as NXT's response to yes. the Undisputed Era. They're, they're a loose faction.
1: The NXT four T shirts. Mm-hmm. Are they For life. Yeah. Are they were they a new edition? I've not seen those before. Well, I don't know. Um I Matt Riddle know. Matt Riddle and one of the other guys was yeah, they were like black and white, NXT logo, and it just had the number four underneath mm-hmm. it. I don't know. Maybe. I'm just, I don't know whether NXT that's, four. are they, is that, I don't know if that's a For thing. For NXT's own Survivor yeah. Series,
3: yeah. Uh, well, Champa cuts off Cole here and he says, Wow, four boys with their their asses whooped at war games. You sure do seem confident. Um, He says, War Games was the beginning of the end for the Undisputed Era. The collapse continues tonight when Keith Lee and Dijakovic are having their uh, match for the tag team titles, which was promoted ahead of the show. He said, Roddy, I'm sure your days are numbered. And he then addressed Goldie rather than Adam Cole saying, Goldie, uh, I told you you had to wait because Daddy's going to war. Well, war's over and Daddy's home. Mm. And then he said, Adam Cole, uh, I don't see anyone from the Undisputed Era standing in my way. And then Finn Balor's music hits. Mm -hmm. He walks out onto the ramp where the Undisputed Era are standing. They part ways, letting him move through. He moves right in between them and says, Looks like I'm standing in your way. Mm -hmm. Nice. And then he kept... So it was kind of a subtle positioning of Finn Balor... On the side of undisputed yeah. era here, and that this is a, this is a bit it's an part ongoing storyline yeah. that played out throughout the night. That it was kind of it's kind of been a mystery, I guess, overall whether Finn Balor will side with the undisputed era so far in NXT because he's kind of helped them out inadvertently or possibly not.
1: Yeah, they've had sort of they've they've accidentally had some minor shared goals mm-hmm. so far, um, but they've had no, they've had no clear that they've had no real clear point at which they should absolutely band together yet. Which I think is great. I love the idea that it's just bubbling away underneath. That maybe like and also in a very heelish way, it's not like they're gonna suddenly become friends. No. It's just a they've maybe got these a self-serving. Yeah, they've got these self-serving shared objectives. And it's just more a case of how it's more of a question of like the undisputed era sort of asking the question of Finn Balor, how corrupt are you willing to become Yeah, to get what you want. mm mm-hmm. But just remember, what you want ultimately is what we've got, and you can't have it. It's that yeah. weird, like it's it's a really cool story that there's so, that's just kind of a a b thread that's just kind of going along underneath. I really like it.
3: He's seemingly pretty darn uh, interested in getting what he wants because yeah. here he says, "I'm I'm standing in your way." and Tomaso Champa says, "Well then, you and me, why don't we do this?" And this yeah. gets massive yes chance at full cell. This I thought this was a really cool little moment. It was it was like a tantalising proposition yeah. to start the show with is like, oh, by the way, here's a match yeah. you're going to get in the first, we've announced the first five minutes. Surely, if you were a viewer and you heard that that was, you, you weren't watching live and you heard that was happening, you'd be like, mm,
1: maybe I'll switch over. Maybe I'll watch that match. Well, there's that, you know, I think the instinct is, and I, I've never been a professional wrestling booker, but your instinct normally there is that you immediately go next week. Yeah. And then you, no. Then you do more stuff in the show to build to it. I don't know whether it was a good idea or not. I think generally speaking, when you've got a much longer period between pay per views, yeah, got it is a February bit. Now. Yeah, it is. It is generally speaking better. That's the, it's a strength of NXT that they are really capable of stringing long stories in a way that still feels satisfying. So, for example, like if they had said in the you know if they said yeah, that's going to happen next week, you know, don't announce it in the ring so you, so you mm. get the bad reaction. Just let it happen quietly. And then, but then bring that Killian Dane Pete Dunne match forward mm. to still get so you still get a big pop match. It's still, it feels relevant considering, you know, it feels like the kind of thing that's like that feels like a roar after WrestleMania kind of match you'd have a sort of slight retread of something that just happened before, but it would still be really exciting. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't think the crowd would be disappointed by that. So I do think this was a slightly odd decision, although. The results, obviously, it was a great match. I think it was
3: to get in the first five minutes, here's something that's going to happen at the end of the show. You need to stay tuned. Yes. Don't flick away. Uh And I think it worked because they did this weird... It's a weird thing they currently do on NXT where they've clearly booked a match and it's clearly going to happen. And they don't announce it when it's being, like, talked about in the ring. They announce it later on. So here, Keith Lee cuts across and he goes, like, I'm sure this match is going to be booked uh, and Tommaso Ciampa is going to defeat you. But... Uh, Let's not dilly dally anymore. Let's have Fish and O'Reilly in the ring because it's basking season, yeah. and that kicks off the tag match, which we'll go through uh, in a bit when we go through the sort of the rest of the show. But let's jump ahead to the main event of the show and kind of the fallout of that because. It is announced later on during the show. I think just in the middle of a match, just, they just on the, say, just, yeah.
1: in the middle of the tag match, yeah, it's just a ticker on the bottom. William yeah.
3: Regal has now made this official. It's like yeah. he could have just come out and done that. Like he's he's like texting, texting it in. It's like yeah. it's a teletext yeah. phonophon.
1: He's basically like the um, when the Raw GM was <coughs> a laptop.
3: Mm. So the match is the match between uh, Finn Balor and Tommaso Ciampa. I thought was really really good and really fun. It started yeah, out a little, started out quite intense. Quite slow. Most of it was built around a headlock that Finn Balor just wouldn't let go of. Yeah. Just like, just, I've got you. I've got you. Um, then Champa runs wild, dumps Finn over the ropes, trips him on the apron, knee strikes him off the apron, and then hits one in the ring. So Champa starts being in control. Um, he takes off his knee pad and he goes for the running knee while uh, Balor's down in the corner. But this is when Balor fires back, hits a sling blade, dumps Champa to the outside. He hits Champa. With the same uh, shotgun drop kick that he hit Johnny Gargano with, which is how Johnny got written off T V um and injured, by knocking him through the barricade into the crowd. Mm-hmm. Champa doesn't go quite as far, but it looks absolutely brutal and really painful. And then he picks him up and goes for the nineteen sixteen on the ramp. However, Champa counters it and goes for the air raid crash onto the slightly more padded bit near yeah, the ramp.
1: Subtly more padded. Yes.
3: It was and I thought that was a really cool little moment. It was a good little callback. It... Made the drama in the match um, feel a bit more emotional than it's just like, you know, th- it was kind of obvious, I think, that these two were going to go for the title. Like, Finn Balor hasn't really chucked his hat in the game, in the ring, sorry, like, obviously until right this second where he walks out and kind of comes out for Adam Cole because he seemed preoccupied by the Johnny Gargano thing and then the Matt Riddle build. Yeah. So now he's back on the sort of track of like, I'm going for the NXT title. Um Champa Cha- Cha- generally opposite.
1: also I think Champa brings in all these matches brings a a real intensity mm-hmm. and it was really cool to see Bala match that. Yeah. And I think it's all be- and the same he did it the same with this match against Riddle as well, but this whole new character has been so much more intense. It's been really good to see him kind of also looking like he's hard hitting as well. Like mm-hmm. even like you know, it just I felt like with he, he, funny looking back now, it really, you really do sort of get the sense that he can't. His heart wasn't necessarily in it for that last little raw run, and now he's just like firing all cylinders. Yeah, you know. And also, because I'm but also this is you know, I'm not even necessarily, I'm not a massive Balor guy. No, Um but I thought this match was fantastic. I thought the intensity was great And that moment particularly that callback. Like it felt like a pay per view match. Yeah, really, and it was it was sort of scripted like a pay-per-view match as well it was really it was really good
3: speaking of pay-per-views there's a little call back to uh, NXT TakeOver War Games when uh, Champa hits Project Champa in the ring Finn kicks out really close at two then hits a double stomp the John Woo drop kick Balor goes up looking for the coup de grace gets cut off and takes an air raid crash from the second uh, Mm. rope so kind of a callback to the finish of the War Games match there, and then that's when Champa says this is for Johnny and goes for the fairy tale ending. But at this moment, Adam Cole runs down, distracts, um, he gets knocked off the apron by uh, Champa. Baller grabs the belt here. The official takes it off him, and they have a bit of a tussle, and it drops to the floor. And then Baller does sort of—it's uh, like a reverse DDT—but he yeah, he does armor, that, Yeah, called, I think it was called a swap drop. Uh, but it lands on the belt. And there's this moment where Finn's like, "Oh, did I just get disqualified?" Yeah. And the referee, um, I can't remember her surname. Jess is her first name. She looks at him and she's sort of like, "I think that's that's fine. That's fine." Yeah, yeah. Champa. It's a really close too. I thought it was a really good moment.
1: And also the 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 delay of the conversation sells the kick out as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If he'd just gone straight in, it would have kind of been almost a bit silly. Mm. But that delay, like, it was just it was just a really clever bit of. Sort of schmozzing of, the, yeah, of and, a and, and, fake finish. And playing a crowd, really. Yeah. I think it,
3: that's the thing is, like, to, to me, I was like, oh, that's the finish. And then it wasn't. And then there was this just beat longer where she takes the belt away, she goes to put it back. And that's when Champa sort of leans out of the ring and takes an Inziguri from Cole, mm-hmm. turns back around, hits the night, Finn Balor hits the 1916. One, two, three, Finn Balor's the winner. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get this moment where uh, Cole and Balor are both in the ring. They have a little smile to each other. They stand over the down Tommaso Champa, clearly happy with their work. Cole does the undisputed era pose. Balor interestingly takes one step in front of him and does his finger guns mm-hmm. at Champa. And there's this moment where it was just it it just felt so. I was just—is he going to do the hand gesture? And everyone was sort of like, "Is he—is he undisputed here? Is mm. that—is that what this is about?" Cole is playing it up beautifully. He's like, "I am obviously a mastermind. I'm a genius. I've got this guy on my side. It's brilliant." Pats him on the back, and as soon as he pats him on the back, Balor just goes yeah.
1: Pele kick. Yeah, people need to stop thinking that Balotj isn't going to Pele kick them mm. because he keeps doing it. Yeah, and it's
3: don't just, let him get in front of you. No,
1: if he stands in front of you, he's going to kick you. In you the step face. or step back. Take yeah. one
3: step because he doesn't. He's not looking.
1: Um, yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, I, I, I'm not particularly keen for Balor to join the Undisputed Era. I think the Undisputed Era, if they're going to add anyone, should add a woman, mm-hmm. or and or muscle. Yeah, that's what they need. They don't need Finn Balor. Finn Balor needs to be the lone wolf for a while. I'm happy with that. But I like the way they're sort of teasing. You, that I like the way that if for are undisputed era they're thinking it's just like, this is just like a free agent acquisition. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's like their attitude to it, I think, is quite interesting. So, the,
3: I, and I guess the, the finale here, when I think after that initial reveal of Finn Balor coming out and uh, challenging Cole, like saying to Cole, I want the NXT title, um, in that his return to NXT... And then it all went into the Johnny Gargano program. It all—it was all sort of him inadvertently helping out the Undisputed Era in a lot of instances because he was attacking Riddle to build to that match as well. So then we end up in a situation now where it feels like this could be the definitive moment that says, no, Finn Balor has no interest in the Undisputed Era or being a member of the Undisputed Era. He just wants the championship now. So do you think it will be Tommaso Ciampa and Adam Cole At Mania Weekend Like Mania season Takeover Because it probably won't be I guess it's not at Mania weekend anymore Um, Or Do you think it will be Bala, Champa, And Cole Or do you think that will be at Portland
1: If I If I had My instinct is that The Bala feud Is what takes us through for a while Mm -hmm. Um, And it was And we're still Ultimately, and that keeps Balor busy for for the eventual Gargano thing. We're ultimately leading to Champer versus Cole yeah. at the big takeover. That's why things happen. I, if the Gargano thing doesn't take off at the right time, maybe they'll switch that and make it triple threat. But I still feel like that's that's the the sort of lily pads that they're jumping across mm-hmm. now. This is the it's obviously more than that, but it's ultimately the holding feud for both. Yeah. Or kind of all of them. Yeah. Until Johnny gets back and then they go off and do I would that love to
3: thing. see all three of them have a like have a triple threat match for the title. I think that would be a really interesting dynamic to play into. And yeah. then you build to the then you build to the, the singles match between Cole and Champa. I think the problem with that
1: though is that you then you've kind of seen it. Mm. I think you want I think you want to hold I think you want to hold that off. I think also, also, I don't want to see the main belt get defended in triple threats. No. Generally you, so, speaking. Would you, so,
3: would you be happy to see Adam Cole versus Finn Balor? And do you think it would be me- momentum breaking for Balor for him to lose the title? Or not for win him a, to lose the match? For, not, for him to not win the title, yeah.
1: No, because there's so many ways that you can do that, especially in the Undisputed Era. Um, the other swerve could be a very Bullet Club-esque, you know, Balor wins and then they... Do the guns and kick Cole out? Yeah, you know they could. They, they've Dead got for a third time. Yeah, yeah, died again. But you know, I don't think they're gonna. I, I think there's. Lo- I think there's lots of ways you can creatively protect Balor mm-hmm. between now and then. You know, whether that's through the undisputed era getting involved or other champion. Games, or that's how that is the Gargana return. Yeah, it's the Gargana return that costs Balor. Ballard, then, like, then he
3: can go into a program with Johnny. Yeah, so I and think I, I yeah,
1: much. I think, and I think that's that seems to be the most logical. Mm-hmm. So they basically have to now tread water until Johnny's back. Johnny is the thing that ruins Ballard's title hopes. That yeah. gets Ballard out of the way. Champa comes in. Mm-hmm. Off we go.
3: So that was the end of end. That was the end of the NXT episode with Ballard standing tall, seemingly. uh the next in line for an NXT title opportunity mm-hmm. if Champa after pinning Adam Cole at War Games was sort of at the top of the list I think mm-hmm. that has now leapfrogged him So let's go back and go all the way through the show from start to end and uh, say what we thought because it was actually a really, really good episode. So over with a war games recap package with a bit of Pat McAfee, uh, McAfee in his shorts. Pat McAfee actually did, but doing bits. I liked it. I thought, like, I didn't when I saw him on the when I saw him on the pre-show on Saturday night. I was like, no, I don't like him. But this little they found the moment of like, oh, this was really good. That that fired up promo he did. On the night it was really, really yeah, good. Yeah,
1: it's funny. He's one of these, these media personalities who, you know, like his thing when he does like the NFL or whatever mm-hmm. is that he's like the wacky funny guy who you'll ne- you never guess what Pat McAfee's going to say next. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of his thing. When he's given his own little context to do that in, I think he works really well. With all of these guys they brought in, Sam Roberts is the same. You know, they've all thrived in their own context. And then you stick them in a suit and tell them to say this, that, and the other. And suddenly, it doesn't work so well. So I do think, so I think you're right, I think you're right, yeah. When he does his own thing, he's fine. But I think when you go, right, here's the running order, you've got 30 seconds to tell us what's coming up. Suddenly, it's like, oh, no, this is just a presenter job. Yeah. This is a different thing now. Yeah, I'm not a personality anymore.
3: We then got Josiah Williams introducing uh, everyone from NXT. They ran down to the ring, did their little dances. Undisputed Era comes out. Champa says, Bala comes out, blah, 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 blah. Keith Lee says, It's basking season. And then the tag match just starts. And this was such an awesome, really fun tag match. Mm-hmm. And incredible because there was a legitimate injury in the middle of it. Yeah,
1: apparently he's fine. It's just, he just kind of got his, well, I he say something. something. Yeah. I think they said, but he basically um, sounds like he's got a concussion. Yeah. So within the opening seconds
3: of the match, Lee uh, immediately does his leapfrog drop down shoulder tackle, and he gorilla presses Bobby Fish, and he takes him to the ropes, chucks him onto Kyle O'Reilly. Fish lands hard. Well, he all is it because um,
1: I think they were never just they were, it's never quite balanced when he picks him up. They sort of yeah, fumble off. a bit, already. and then as he as he goes to throw him, Fish isn't actually holding onto anything. So Fish never has. Yeah. That purchase to balance himself and flatten himself out. So I think as he comes down because his his arms are free. Yeah, as he gets launched, I think he tips. and well, that makes what... me
3: that makes me wonder whether if it was a concussion if he took a hit before that and that's why he like because they had a bit of trouble getting him up into the gorilla press in the first place. So maybe that was it. Maybe he was already. I, I think it's more that he. I, they said that, so it was sold. It was sold on commentary as if he'd hurt his knee. On the floor.
1: Yeah, I think I think he was just out. I think from the moment, for whatever reason, they were just slightly out of balance, and mm-hmm. because he wasn't bracing himself, I think he just tipped. Yeah, as he went through the air, and he just landed awkwardly and got a stinger or got whatever he got. Yeah, I think that's what happened. So from that moment, we jumped. It went straight into a
3: break, and I sort of, I find it really hard to concentrate in the picture in picture breaks. What's uh, actually uh, happening? I end up. I mean, just, it works because I end up watching the adverts. I end up watching the adverts or just like yeah, I know a, like a lot about those weird almond things that yeah. keep or, um, advertised. Or
1: medicines where it's a 30-second advert and 30-second of warnings of things of the different ways it will kill you.
3: Yeah, but you'd need other medicines for yeah. those things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so when it, but by the time it came back, basically Roddy Strong was in the ring. Jeans. Still in his jeans. So clearly had to suddenly enact some free bird rules. Yeah. Like dramatically. Um ran down to the ring and was just in the match. Uh however, they I think they basically just played the match as if
1: well, yeah, because they, they even the did the because they even did the high-low finish just with yeah. Roddy doing the knee, which I know they've done before anyway. But I mean, fair play to Roddy. Yeah. First of all, the sort of wherewithal. I guess it's just perchance they're all going to be around the room when they discuss the match. So, yeah. you know, didn't miss a beat. The match didn't stop or slow down at all. Mm-hmm. You know, it just fair play. to I mean, that was. You know, really just high level professional yeah. wrestling.
3: <laughs> and it was and it, and they put on a really, really fun match where, as you would imagine in a match against Keith Lee and Dijakovic, the story was these guys are a lot smaller and they have to work a yeah. lot harder to get these guys. I down. do
1: think though, that I still i I'm still I still not sold totally on the idea of Dijakovic and then and Keith Lee being a tag team because the guys in NXT are a bit smaller, generally speaking, Undisputed Era particularly. And it's like I mean, they're not that small. I mean, they're small compared to like Randy Orton, but mm-hmm. like they they sort of they still have this sort of classic NXT like brawls and stuff where they seem pretty even, and it's more in kind of spots and moments that you get those like we're going to really powder into this guy. That's gonna that's gonna sell the strength mm-hmm. of them. But actually, when you actually just watch the no- the match in its normal in between sort of stages, they seem very evenly matched in a way that sort of I do think they and I. I don't want to get like crazy heat for this or anything but like they do need to in those moments work a bit bigger how dare. compared to like just a little yeah. bit just be a little bit you know like punches and stuff shouldn't like should take a little bit longer to do there should be just a bit more of them just showing how much bigger and how much stronger mm-hmm. they are um, I think they did that here quite well I think this match
3: showed off the size differential and played into the power game with Keith Lee and Dijak because there was there was moments say like uh, there was that moment where I Riley literally runs and jumps into Keith Lee and just bounces off. Keith doesn't even take a step oh, no, back. But that, but that, no, that's what uh, I mean. That in the l-
1: spots they do it. Yeah. I'm talking about in the in-between, in the moving between those spots when it's just like punches, kicks, throwing around. They're, when they're moving in between the spots they, they're very evenly matched and they, they, I, they punch at each other in a, in a, a way that like it's like if if, uh, if the Undisputed Era were going at each other it would look the same if you know what I mean. Maybe maybe in the early goings. I think I think
3: they got it sort of together towards the end yeah. as much because it, came about, it became about uh, Roddy and Kyle attempting to chop down yes. Dijak's knee first of all and then they tried the same thing with Lee. It didn't necessarily work. I The spots however I think were really really fun so there was one yeah. where Kyle jumps in and bounces off Lee. Lee then gets a wrist lock on Strong and lifts him up by one arm And at the same point, Carl runs into him again, and still bounces off. And then he just tips (laughs) strong onto Carl, like, "Mm? yeah, (laughs) there you go. Like all of this stuff was really, really fun. Uh, DiJack did time to fly the the tossing suplex onto Lee, who like they set it up with the undisputed era guys. Piled up and Lee was like looking at the crowd and he went, Time to fly! (laughs) And then Dijet just lobbed him. It was great. Which looked amazing. Um, Lee got a hot tag, started to run wild. He went for the spirit bomb on Strong. O'Reilly saved, he tossed both over. Um, That was when it was announced that Finn would take on uh, Champa later. O'Reilly and Strong were on the outside. Lee went to jump on them. Uh, They uh, moved, got chopped down, big chop block on Lee. O'Reilly dived off the apron with a running knee strike, which was done in a match with the Viking Raiders, I believe, and knocked someone into the ring bell. It was done quite recently that oh, they, okay. they did sort of knocking somebody into the ring bell. Um, and that's when, like, so they then put Lee back in the ring. Roddy goes for a big splash, but Lee moves out of the way. O'Reilly goes for a big dive, and Lee just headbutts him out of <laughs> the air.
1: Which, I, I, there was so much yeah. ridiculous, look, ridiculous
3: fun in here. The, the choke bomb double...
1: Yeah, it was, yeah it, was, it was an... Uh, Wait, what was it? Was it like an arm somehow lifted him into a powerbomb, didn't it? Yeah. Got the choke slam on. Yeah, it was yeah, that was crazy. It was they were that the match was really entertaining. Really yeah. really fun. I mean, still They're... all these guys are working at such a high level. And I'm really and as much as I'm I'm not crazy about Dijak and Keddie being a tag team. I'm all what I am glad about is Dijak getting this put time, yeah. Because He's amazing, too. And mm-hmm. I, I just think... He does the flipping senton off yeah. the, Like, springboard flipping senton. I just think all match. these guys are working at a really high level at the minute. Yeah. And it's just... And I think the good thing that NXT is doing at the minute is just kind of riding the wave yeah. as well. That's this, just, you know.
3: so, and this match had a crazy finish. Like, and a legitimately crazy finish. So, Dijak hits a choke bomb, choke slam mm-hmm. uh, on the undisputed era guys and he sort of tweaks his knee on the way down and sells that for a second as that's happening adam cole is making his way down the ramp everyone starts going who adam cole and then the camera pans around and catches this amazing <laughs> moment where cole's walking down the ramp and lee just appears out of nowhere like surprise <laughs> like like it like, like the opening of a quiet place yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just whoosh, and he flies into the obviously obviously planted wrestlers in the crowd but what an amazing brilliant like all the people in the row behind were just like oh my
1: god I was like studying the gif and there's there's a really subtle like it's just perfect timing by Cole because he just has to do a little like a tiny little hop just to get himself into the air at just the right moment and then the that's, momentum taking. That's him. all Lee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that is all Keith Lee just launching another human
3: being that yeah. far. It's like in Breath of the Wild, the stasis thing. It's like boom when you build up the thing. You, you just, know I haven't played that.
1: <laughs> Why, well, some people might know what that is. <laughs> Tell them.
3: Yeah, well, we're, talking <laughs> to lots, we're talking to lots of people. It's not We're probably not. Um, <laughs> however, this moment not only shocked everyone in the crowd, it shocked Lee, who was like, I, I didn't realise I yeah. was that strong. <laughs> It shocked Dijak, who was like, I didn't that? you were that strong. (laughs) The only people it didn't seemingly shock were Kyle and Roddy, who then hit the high low on Dijak as he's just sort of gormlessly standing there and get the one, two, three. Mm. So even though Cole's attempt at distraction didn't work, it was still distracting enough. Yeah, because Keith Lee was then too
1: far away because he did slide in at two. So he was just literally just too far away. Yeah. From saving the distraction to get back in, it was a great finish.
3: I like s- character-wise. I don't necessarily like it. I for, think for who for Lee and Diatchok. I, I think it made them look like idiots.
1: This is why they shouldn't be a team. Yeah, because they're just so big, so strong that they can both. They could both be so effective. They could still be in that little four kind of horseman thing whatever mm-hmm. they're doing. I think, but. I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't put them together like this. I think this is exactly the reason why you don't do it because it does. Finishes like that are great, but the problem when you've got guys that are so much bigger, you kind of have to. That has to kind of play into the. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's also difficult for the heels to then really ever be anything other than. Yeah, and it means you know, every,
3: like you have to come up with crazy finishes in an attempt yeah. to not always have it be the undisputed era swarm. The guy.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of... It almost needed like... Or hit them with weapons, I guess. If there was everyone... It should have almost been like... Cole coming down should have distracted the ref. The ref should have also been looking at Cole in the crowd. And then there should have been like... Uh, a weapon shot with the belt. Yeah. That would have made more... That would have made slightly more sense...
3: Yeah, they don't do it's a lot really. of weapon shots with the belts. The undisputed era, really. No, they? Like, and, I th- and I think, that that, that such was an
1: edge and Christian thing. Yeah, no. but like that was a perfect moment to do it. Mm. You're you're undersized. You're slightly overmatched because you've also you're also down a guy. Yeah. So this is when the undisputed Era have to start. You know, there's a there's a moment where everyone's distracted. Use it. Don't just do your finish.
3: Yeah, yeah. And I, I, st- I mean, he, despite I think it making it seem a little bit like Keith Lee and Dyke. it was still were, awesome. Yeah, and it was like, still, no it was, one looked like a it chump. Was, it was you great know I mean? TV, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was yeah. a, a moment that literally had me pop out. On my yeah, seat. I
1: thought it was. I thought the whole, and I thought the whole match was super entertaining. I loved yeah. it. I thought it was great. It was.
3: So, it was. It was an amazing hot start to NXT. Then we then got a recap of the women's War Games match from uh, Takeover War Games. Funnily enough, the, and also just a rundown of sort of what happened on the night. The fact that uh, Mia Yim was injured from some sort of mystery. Attack. Attack, which they're still sort of saying, oh, there was a mystery attacker. So I don't know if they're going to actually do it's somebody else and not Dakota Kai. Yeah,
1: I didn't kind of, I, I sort of blanked that that hadn't been solved. Yeah, it's
3: still a, an open case. I, know. I sort of this one's been on my desk for years.
1: I guess because they sort of the way they did all the switcheroos of the of Rhea's team, mm-hmm. I sort of don't care now. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Well, I, <laughs> like, I just assumed it because was, either, I assumed it was Dakota Kai. Well, this is it because also I just say it was Dakota. But Kai. But also, once you'd had, once you ended up with the yeah. people you ended up with in that team, yeah, it it sort of rendered that mystery moot anyway. Moot anyway, like yeah. it didn't actually matter. Yeah.
3: So unless they're going to do a big sort of try and build suspense for if when Mia comes back and she attacks Dakota Kai and yeah. built into that feud or. Because she knows Dakota attacked her, so Mia's injured. Dakota Kai was chosen, attacks Tegan Knox very viciously. They had a little f- a fun told through snapshots. Baszler laughing, which I really enjoyed. Uh, they said that Kai was fined for putting her hands on William Regal. Knox was obviously unable to be there uh, last night to be involved because she's injured. Mm-hmm. Um, they then also they then it was uh, Kathy Kelly was backstage talking to Candice LeRae. Kathy Kelly put over the fact that this was one of the biggest weekends of Candice LeRae's career, obviously having won in the War Games match and one at Survivor Series. Um, she said that all she's heard since War Games is Dakota Kai. Uh, being in the ring uh, and listening to her destroy someone I see as my sister was painful. Uh, this was some, somebody that was supposed to be my friend. She says that she's sure that Tegan will get hers on Dakota Kai, uh, but tonight Kai isn't going to be wrestling against her friend. She's going to be wrestling against Tegan Knox's pissed off big sister. I liked this uh, promo. I thought it was yeah. sort of like it was a bit clunky when she was like, "She's like my blood," but because they haven't yeah. interacted a hell of a lot. Uh, on no, that was, CTVs, that, was that
1: was yeah, that was that was a little bit hammy. But I mean, a great great like babyface promo.
3: Candice Lerae, the character, seemingly makes friends with people very quickly. Yeah, because we had this with Io Shirai. <laughs> You're too trusting Candice, that's <laughs> yeah. the problem. Um, so it was then announced that uh, Candice Ray will take on Kai later. We've got a recap of um, Leo Rush versus Angel Gaza, um, and also a recap of the TakeOver kickoff show where Gaza won his match and then as he came back through the curtain, Leo slaps him. I like the fact that like, backstage people were just going, Don't do that, Leo!
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So he's already he's already done it and left. There's a lot of stuff off-mic that gets caught in NXT, which is very funny every week. Like, Bobby Fish again this week. Mm. Just going, you're not going to do shit! <laughs> <laughs> uh, we then saw Leo warming up and Akira Tozawa uh,
3: also warming up, ready for their match later in the night. Um, Shane Thorne then made his entrance, and he was against Mansour, so... I guess there's another Saudi date coming up. Yeah,
1: not um not overly convinced by Shane Thorne's sitting on the turnbuckle that takes him it was all a bit like you had to really like Yeah, it takes a really it takes a, a while. Yeah, yeah. It's pretzel those, himself on in, uh, immobile legs. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> um I this was fine this match. This was this was the sort of thing that they probably should have been doing with Mansoor before any of the Saudi dates. Because if you want to give him big wins in his home country maybe, so the rest of the world cares, build him as a character. So I'm hoping that maybe this goes forward and they start to
1: actually do something with him. Uh, Well, the thing is, though, ultimately, the thing he's always going to fight against, and it's it's a legitimate thing to fight against, is the fact that he is ultimately flying the flag for that bad thing nobody wants to talk about. Yeah. That's what he's been asked to do. I like the fact that in his gimmick and in his gear and everything, that it's not there. I think that's very key for him to be successful is that they can't mention that. Hmm. But also that is his thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's a very I think I'd They did mention that he won the. the, Oh yeah, uh, I know they mentioned I know they mentioned it. But like what I mean is like he will always be for the longest time, he will he is essentially flying the flag for that bad thing. Hmm. And I think that's something he's he will really struggle to overcome. Yeah. And it's not like he's getting a hostile reaction or anything, but I just think that's gonna make everyone me included just a bit cold on him like, yeah and, he's, got an, he's got and he's also very white meat baby face already yeah so that's already like not the most fashionable thing I don't know I think he's gonna he's gonna have to be there a while yeah
3: to- you know. it's a shame as well because I think he's actually really good he's got some really interesting moves yeah he's um, a good wrestler does good. but hey does there's it? loads of good wrestlers there are loads that's of the problem wrestlers. Yeah, <laughs> like, he, does, <laughs> he does a good no. little tornado headlock takedown thing in this match he does a little roll up standing moonsault suicide dive that gets caught I think this was the best spot of the match he does a suicide dive that Shane Thorne catches and then he does a big sort of side suplex outside mm. which looked brutal and really horrible there was a lot of outside action yeah. On. Uh, I like Shane show. Thorne he's good yeah Shane Thorne is really good um Mansoor then knocked him out of the rings, did the suicide dive, chucked him in, hits this sort of slingshot neck-breaker thing that he does that looks beautiful, and then mm. picked up the win. Um, it was, just, I think this was just a positioning of Mansoor as a character on NXT. It was a match hopefully, that happened. Hopefully he continues to turn up. Uh, we then got Candice Array versus Dakota Kai in... Uh, an interesting little match, I thought.
1: Take Kai with her new heel. She's got a new gone for, She's gone for the Eo Shirai. Well, my jacket's not even on properly. Yeah. I can't wear my clothes yeah. now because I'm so yeah. bad. Ruffled hair. Mm.
3: Yeah, that was but that's the thing, is that that's the the symbol of a new heel is a haircut. And a jacket. Bailey got one and a ja- Bailey's got a jacket as well. Bala. Yeah, Bala's got a jacket. And a haircut. And a haircut. Uh I liked Tako Kai's heel. I thought it worked really well. I thought she played it really well. Yeah, I think she's she's quite interesting because it wasn't like it was it was positioned very differently to because Candice was also there for the last big heel turn, mm. um, but she really took a beating from Io Shirai, and I think here she was the more fired up party, mm-hmm. whereas Dakota felt like a she she felt like a different character, which I think is very like really positive about her heel turn is like she did come out feeling more vicious, mm-hmm. more ruthless. Had tru- the, she had the knee brace. Didn't she, she had the, so she yeah she comes out with Tegan Knox's. Uh, knee brace puts it over the ring post so you're like, mm, foreshadowing, that'll be used later mm-hmm. there were some really fun little spots where she sort of remixed some of her re- some of the stuff she's been doing recently as well into new bits so she, she's, you know she does the sort of spin around on the apron and then kicks him in the face Yeah, she did that a couple of times here but one time she just did it to Candice in the corner so Candice's head just spins around and hits the ring yeah. post which was really fun and after that she then hung her over the bottom rope that one I didn't like. And then just booted her in the face. Well, because Candice is holding on, obviously. Yeah, it's same thing with like Sasha
1: Banks. Science, is, no, wrestling size is, is different. Who's, 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 yeah, is it Sasha Banks? Or when they hold themselves them, up. And they just hold themselves and we wait for 10 minutes for you to stomp them on the chest. like, I, I'm not a big fan of that. That's an Andrade move. Oh, yeah, does the knees, doesn't it? Yeah. No, he does the double stomp. So he gets up and yes. does the
3: double stomp as you're sort of like climbing back up. Yeah. It's like, drop down. If you drop down, he misses. Yeah,
1: same with the the Candice was just holding herself
3: there yeah. to be kicked in the face. Um, but the kind of story here I guess that was Candice was really um, Pissed basically. Fighting the good fight And she was fighting the good fight And she she put in An absolute shift In this match She was She's great she was I trying love Candice she, she was trying to hit a moonsault Like right out the gate uh, She dodged the spinning Kick thing initially Hit a big wrecking ball Drop kick Did a suicide dive To the outside This is all in the opening Like minute of the match It was great um, then they did the sort of ring spot Candice LeRae went for a rana but took a powerbomb then they did a back suplex onto the apron that wasn't really onto the apron
1: mm. so
3: there was a lot of we're going to do something on the apron or we're going to do something on the floor in this show and this was one of those moments and this was one like the Bobby Fish one that made me go oh, 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 "Yeah," because oh, oh, oh. there was another one in the Leo Rush match that we'll get to that mm. also made me squeamish Um basically Candace just drops, does the sort of classic drop down, and you're meant to just sort of backsplat on the apron. But Kai misses it by like that much. Yeah, just and so just her, basically just her shoulder clips it. It looked horrible. Mm. Yeah, not great. Yeah, really, but it was. I mean, looking horrible is what it was meant to do. So if she's not badly hurt, then I guess a lucky escape that mm. actually just added to the drama of the it's match. It's not ballet. Um, it was yeah. That so that was really really fun. Um. Then she sort of missed a moonsault, Kai hits the chiropractor, which is the worst name and the slowest move. Uh, LeRae kicks out. She then does the Gargano escape. Um, LeRae keeps control. Kai sort of stumbles up to her feet, runs out of the ring. LeRae goes for a suicide dive, and this is where Kai just whaps her with the brace, uh, which she'd gone to get earlier during a different spot um and taken off the ring post, but then it was dragged, she was kicked and then mm-hmm. she dropped it to the outside. So it was already sort of there waiting for her. She smacks with the brace, dumps her into the steps, then the post. The official grabs the brace and tries and takes it off her. She then goes round the side of the ring, chucks a guy out of his chair and takes the chair and comes back round ready to beat Candice down more. The match has been obviously thrown out by this point. As she goes to sort of swing, Rhea Ripley runs in. With a huge boot that uh, knocks the chair out of her hand, and then she chases off Dakota Kai, and then sort of is like,
1: "Candice, are you okay? Yeah.
3: You're my friend. We went through war together." I
1: thought it was, I thought it was a good match. Really yeah. good match. Finish made total sense. Candice looks strong. Dakota looks look mean. mean. You know,
3: it, Ripley's the hero. Yeah, I Ripley think, is so over as well. Post yeah. well, she was over before, but she's yeah. well over now.
1: Um, yeah, made perfect sense. I thought it was a yeah, really well booked. Yeah, that was a, it, was yeah. a, it
3: was a really fun little bit of the show. Uh, we then saw Kathy Kelly with Champa. Uh, she asked how he was feeling about Finn. He said he can call himself the Demon. He can call himself the Prince. He's the longest reigning champ in NXT history. But I'm the guy who made this the A-show. I'm the guy who made Goldie the most prestigious title in Sla- all of sports inter- worried, entertainment.
1: I'm slightly worried that the mention of the Demon might foreshadow him coming out as the Demon at some point, which I obviously don't want to see again. But I
3: don't think he will. I don't, I don't
1: think, he will. think he will either. But I think he might do face paint. In, on,
3: like, yeah, like a, a takeover of, somewhere down the line, but yeah. in more sort of a nod to the new Japan rather yeah. than like I'm doing the demon again, yeah. Um, I, I think that I, Champa's got such an interesting way of talking that I just think is he's so kind of methodical and calm mm. and eerily kind of still that it, it, everything just comes across with yeah. such gravitas,
1: yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't, he's not yelling and shouting and no, you no, know, it's. He's very cool. He's very threatening in a way that's, yeah, yeah,
3: understated. Uh, we then got a Cameron Grimes promo package where he was sort of uh, mucking about by a river like Huckleberry Finn. Yeah, was like- this was...
2: Yeah, and this was what it was.
3: Jim. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, He says, I always wanted to be an NXT superstar. I scratched, I clawed, I pushed a couple of people down. I said a couple of things I shouldn't have said, and I'm going to continue to do that. Um, how are we not going to talk about how I have the quickest victory in the company because I'm not a baby? Bay. I'm not a bro, this, this but I'm really, 220 pounds, six foot, 26 years old, and I've been doing this all my life. It was actually a really good little promo, like um.
1: But he, it was a great promo, but he was, the, the context was dumb. Yeah, that was probably, it. Was actually it was actually a great promo, like, but they've just 1990s him. I love and gone, I oh, love, you're from the south, yeah. then
3: you must be a hick. I love everything about him except the character.
1: It's like he's really good. He's such. He's so good on the mic. Well, this is the he's dumb so thing. He's so good in the ring. No, but this is what's even. This is what's dumber about it. It's not even a character. He's at no point in his character does he talk about coming from a swamp or farming or or any of that stuff. But he's country strong. He just has an accent and wears a hat. That's it. Yeah, but like, hat- So <laughs> if you just felt like if you filmed if you filmed this podcast at a dairy farm. You would wonder why we would not why why is this podcast not about dairy farming? Like it's just they've just recontextualized a, a perfectly reasonable promo. I don't know why they're doing it, because it's not his character. I'm gonna say He never talks about it, never mentions it, he's not called Mr. Farmer. It's so dumb. It's it's a it's a weirdly un-NXT thing to do, to find a field to fill that in.
3: Well, that's why you don't give people crap hats. The hat was a gateway. This is the
1: thing. I don't even mind the hat. You're wrong.
3: I don't even mind You're the hat. Fundamentally wrong.
1: Wrestlers of look all. Look where th- look where it's led us, Simon. No, this, is the, this is the thing. He can have the hat and still not film it in a farm. Like I don't understand what they. What is the character? With his little and the, and long and the, johns and the banjo music in the It's Like you don't have to do that. No. You can give him the hat. Call him Country Strong. He has got that accent. Fine. But at no point is his character that. Like yeah. I don't. I, I just don't till get. can't wait he's painting
3: a list of his enemies onto white fences.
1: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. This is. I'm not not a fan of that. No. But again, fan of him. Great promo. Great mm. worker. Great talker. Like we saw him at that progress show. Yeah. His mic works, His heel mic work particularly is really good. Yeah. Uh, just don't know why. He's good at dabbing as well. Just don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. He is, yeah. <laughs> I just don't know why they've they've done this stupid farm gimmick.
3: Dunno. Dunno, indeed. We then got a another promo package, this time putting over Rhea Ripley in her achievements for Survivor Series week, making her feel like a big, massive mm-hmm. deal, which she is. Uh, we then got Akira Tozawa versus Leo Rush. Tozawa comes out uh, holding a Raw t-shirt, as if he's playing the heel or hoping to get back some sort of victory for the yeah, Red Brand. Weird. Even this win, Tozawa, wouldn't mean you won Survivor Series. Is still bottom of the pile. Um, I loved this match. It was a great I thought match. it was so good. They worked so well together. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. They started off with sort of both doing quickness and escapes. They both went for like low versions of their finishes. So Tazawa went for a big senton, and and Leo goes for a like a on the floor
1: uh, frog splash. Both missing. Um, in that in those opening exchanges, what I really liked what they did was when they were doing all the quick escapes and stuff. Often that that is you know, obviously amazing to see people do that stuff, Mm -hmm. but can very quickly look like a choreographed dance. And what they did is, when they were doing that stuff, is in the interchanges between those little sequences, they really stayed on top of each other and were still grappling, grab grab an arm here, a headlock, like they were still like backing each other up. Like it still felt like a fight, even though they were, I just thought that was brilliant work on their part. Because so often those sequences you know that you know people are standing five feet away from each other doing handstands yeah. and it's like this is great but you know there's this version where you're actually still scrapping i thought it was really cool what they did
3: yeah um so sort of one of the central themes of this match was german suplex uh, yeah. applied in various different yes. forms throughout uh so there was a bit like very early they teased doing a german suplex off the apron uh, which everyone was just like, this is insane. But it was uh, Leo Rush doing it to Tazara at one point. Mm-hmm. So he was like really low squatting, and Tazara was holding on. Um, then Leo, up from the apron, did this sort of crazy flip. He basically did a sunset flip without doing the sunset flip bit of it. He just did a flip and then landed in a powerbomb position underneath Tazara. Tazara mm. fights him off, stomps him down, so he's sort of flat on the apron, and then just does a senton across him, like across his chest. Yeah, that while was he's, like pinned to the apron. That was... An amazing... Yeah. Horrible looking. Absolutely horrible looking. Um, Akira then hit the uh, rolling senton off the apron. He hit this missile dropkick as well after that that sent Rush rolling backwards all the way to his feet. And he did like a, a Ric Flair... Ooh, yeah. and then a slump. It was like I think Leo's selling is really, really. Leo Rush good. is great. It's it's he ragdolls dolls like, like nobody. Yeah, it's funny like he's like Ricochet actually. I think he makes he makes simple moves look amazing. Yeah, like Ricochet taking a claymore
1: and just yeah. turning inside out. Well, you see, I think with Leo Rush's character on Raw, we we basically forgot that he's an amazing worker. Mm-hmm. And I think giving him this position has just been a great way of just reigniting his career. Yeah. He's fantastic. It's where well, he's
3: he's weirdly he's proving what he was saying all along. He was like I could be a main event guy if you gave me well, a challenge. that's not going to happen. No, but like he was <laughs> so this was the main event of the first hour yes. I guess. This was the the finale of hour 1 of uh, NXT. And I, I think he's clearly proved that he's could be a show stealer in NXT. He's
1: he's he's also rare amongst the Cruiserweights department who can really talk. Mm-hmm. They've not got loads of great talkers in that cruiserweight division. Yeah. Um, so I think now I'd like what I would like to see now I think cuz he's having great matches every week. I'd like to see them now build that little pool of three or four contenders and start giving him some promo time to really build some of those feuds. I think more yeah. more more mic time for Leo would be would be great. I, I think, think that's see, the, yeah. it's the next evolution of it's kind of they've proved their point these matches make total sense on this card every week. Let's now start giving them a bit more build time. I Yeah, think be the next. Build. And, maybe,
3: and, and like some fresher faces because obviously, like I think I feel like Angel Garza is going to get his shot again.
1: Yeah. So really, Leo, if you, so, right now it's probably Grimes, Garza, Tazawa.
3: Right. K- well, it was Kalisto and Tazawa at uh, Takeover, was it? Or was it? Yeah, I think it was Kalisto and Tazawa at Takeover. Oh no, at, um, Survivor Series because it counted as a win for NXT when Leo won. Um, oh yeah. But, But, yeah, I think, like... That seems to
1: me... I don't
3: know. Yeah, it'd be interesting that, like, Mansour, someone you could throw in there as a a character. But it'd be... I think Leo... You don't need any more than that. Yeah, Leo's sort of in that weird position where he's not really a character at the moment. He's just just sort of a very over-champion and doesn't mm. really... He doesn't say much or do much beyond be really good at the ring. And... It seems that everyone else is having all the kind of, like... You just, they're just going, here, you've got a Cruiserweight title. Does, the, does the Cruiserweight,
1: cruiserweight title. title still carry the 205 stipulation? Well,
3: you have to be under 205.
1: Yeah. I think so. it to okay. be Because Grimes obviously said he was 220.
3: Mm. If you can cut 15, though. I, that,
1: don't I don't think Angel Garza's under 205.
3: Well, I don't think Buddy Murphy ever was, but, no. yeah. Um So, the, the German comes back around... Uh, and they actually just do it—the mm. German suplex off the apron, which I like. It was nuts. This moment, they because they were fighting on the apron. Tazawa hits a pump kick, goes for the German once. Leo blocks it, fights off, then Tazawa just slaps him and just goes, "Hey!" And yeah.
1: Leo does a backflip, lands on the outside, sprawled. It's funny. I was think, I was thinking about that spot, and I was like, actually, it makes way more sense if you flip over. Yeah. First of all, that takes the momentum out of it. And it looks crazier, and you can sort of spot your landing and protect your. You're not going to hit your head, yeah, yeah. Especially with yeah, especially if we've seen people hit the head on that ramp a few times recently. Yeah. So like, yeah, I thought I, it was a great spot. It and was like, unbelievable. And I, think like, it was I was most like, dangerous for Tozawa who had to do. A he, yeah, he just had to flat
3: back with a bridge and then go. Hoop.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think it's that kind of thing is like the perfect thing where it's like the spot it's, we've taken a dangerous spot, we've made it look more spectacular and safer at the same time. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Do, I do more of really, that. Really <laughs> um they then end up in the ring. Uh, Tazawa
3: hits a, he goes for the come up, but gets caught in a German suplex. Uh, he then does the deadlift German suplex, rush kicks out. Um, there's a senton on the, he does the big uh, top rope senton, but lands on the knees, which looks super painful. There's a few kicks and he does a, I know this is slightly before actually, that like Tazawa spat out his mouth guard after taking a few uh, kicks I mean. and then Leo goes to do the come up. But Tazar was not there. So I don't know whether Tazara actually got genuinely rocked or whether that was part of it. But Leo sort of bounced off the ropes and there was no one there and he sort of then slumped down and was like, ooh.
1: I don't know. Yeah, it was a bit of a weird little moment. Gum shields don't just fall out like that. Well, he that. spat it out. Oh, I see what you mean. But right.
3: it was—I don't know whether he spat it out because he'd actually been like, been like because they were putting over the idea that the, obviously the gum shield stops a knockout. But maybe Leo just to went too quick. quick. Yeah, I don't really know. It was just—it was a little—that was a little bit of a stumble in what was otherwise a really, really good match. Um, yeah, so it was the—it's the big splash onto the knees. Uh, Leo goes up, hits a final hour to Tazawa's back, and then rolls off, and Tazawa rolls over, and then he hits the final hour. Going the yeah. other way onto the front, one, two, yeah. three. Leah attacks. Norm-
1: normally, when people do the a, t- a double, if they ever try and do like a double finisher from the ropes, it takes so long it sort of renders it yeah. pointless. But he's so quick that it made sense. That could almost his finisher could almost be doing it twice.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, 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 this match was just unbelievable. I, I loved it. It was really, really fun. Uh, Kathy Kelly was then with Finn Balor. She asked him for final thoughts before his match with Champa. He said. Uh, is walking around like he's the toughest man in the world. I already put Johnny Gargano in hospital. Riddle found out a takeover. Tonight, Champa gets to meet the prince. Nice little Fine. promo. Yeah. Bit of fire for the match. Uh, then it was Zaya Lee comes out, and uh, Vanessa Bourne is here to get revenge for Aaliyah, who ended up with a broken nose after her mm-hmm. match with Zaya Lee, which caused me to sigh, caused Nigel to cream his pants, and. Uh, Beth Phoenix on commentary to say, Settle your tea kettle, Nige. Which I thought was great. Um, immediately, Bourne posts herself, gets a power bomb from Lee. And this is when Shayna Baszler, uh, Marina Shafir, and Jessamine Duke arrive um lee then just quickly kicks Bourne in the back with this spinning kick and pins her so she's got the win under her belt before any of the shenanigans can happen yeah. um juke and shafir rush the ring lee manages to fight them off uh then the numbers get her advantage of her and she sort of ends up in a confrontation with basila she gives basila a big kick but Bazer knocks her down Duke and shafir hold her basila comes in with a running knee um she gets the microphone uh after having kicked Lee out of the ring and Bayes says everybody's trying to take credit for what happened this past weekend but the truth is nobody had a weekend like I had I beat Smackdown women's champion Bayley and Raw women's champion Becky Lynch at the same time which is true but meanwhile Duke and Shafir are both clapping going yeah. you are the best you're the best so they've been learning from the undisputed era school of thought it's, yeah school
1: just of just do talking. yeah
3: um, people start chanting Rhea Ripley and Beza tries to continue the promo but she can't really get a word in edgeways because Ripley's music hits and she just strolls down to the ring. Basically just does her whole entrance and then walks to the ring really casually. Like she's completely unintimidated. Rhea Ripley is amazing.
1: Mm. I do think this was, this was a slightly odd... Um, the sort of Xia Li stuff before this was slightly odd. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was kind of suddenly like, oh wait, hold on. So now Xia Li- is talking like she's a contender all of a sudden. Like it was just there was a slightly, that was a bit of a handbrake turn. Yeah. I was like, oh, so it was like we're really in the middle of a fantastic build to not just uh, Rhea Ripley, but you know other mm-hmm. you know, female wrestlers that are really up on there in the contenders level. To suddenly now start throwing someone who's only been had like two squashes in the last few weeks, like yeah. I don't know, that was just a bit like, oh, okay, hold on. This I is- think
3: it was. I think it was a random choice because then you don't have to include her in that running. Yeah. So it was. It was more like a. It's a statement sort of beat down to someone who you don't then have to include in a storyline with Shayna Baszler, which just convolutes the whole thing. Yeah. So this was. This was more just to be like, well, you're probably the only expendable person
1: yeah because kinda... Vanessa
3: Bourne beating down Vanessa Bourne isn't really dramatic Xia Lee has at least been booked dominantly so beating her down kind of makes sense
1: oh no it does but it was just it, there was this sort of suggestion at the start of it where it was kind of like she was kind of putting her like yeah. I'm gonna be and it was kind of like mm, you don't need to say that now yeah. do you know what I mean and that I was think like so a I, weird like,
3: I, think, I think I guess the point is it's like Baszler needs to rebuild some of her mystique her NXT bully heat um, because she lost at war games with a massive advantage in mm. the match as well, so like that that kind of does tarnish a character, and it and I think makes people hotter for the I like will make people hotter for the Rhea Ripley match if we start to rebuild Baszler as the dominant force in NXT and Ripley as like the opposing force. Yeah, I
1: just think I think I would have rather have seen like another match with someone from that team mm-hmm. or something involving them that spilled out into the arena that we really could like I'd, ra- I'd want to see I'd almost rather see like the three of them just go and viciously beat up Candice LeRae mm-hmm. for no reason that spills out onto the ramp yeah, and then she—I don't know—something that because that would have felt more vicious. Candice has got too much drama going on. That's too much. I like, know. Oh, maybe she's not. And that everyone else like, is a heel now. I just think—I think to, I think, to, I think to, to just have this for some reason involving yeah. Zai Lee claiming some sort of pretension to the title, sort of was suddenly a bit like, well, hold on, like this mm-hmm. is not this is this feels a bit bit of a handbrake turn. I'd rather seen them do something super vicious to someone from the other team mm-hmm. than that.
3: But it still worked. Yeah, it still worked. And I thought it led to this really, it led to a fun uh, exchange between Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler. Ripley gets in the ring, uh, the heels powder out. She says, Where do you think you're running to? I came out here because I had something to say to you face to face. Baszler, on her own, then heads back to the ring and stands on the apron. She says, Shayna, I just wanted to say congratulations. You beat Bailey, you did beat Becky. But when you went face to face with me, I beat you. And you know what? I'm going to do it again. But next time, it's going to be for the NXT Women's Championship. Yes, please. Yeah, I great. want to
1: see this one-on-one match. I do too. A very lot. Yeah, uh, that, many I just, times. The great, like Riripley and Shane Baser, particularly, they just look so tough and mean, mm-hmm. and they're so like hard-hitting and vicious. I just think they're just. So, I just think their chemistry will be. Yeah, ridiculous. I can't wait to
3: see the. You know, they've been. Everyone's been doing the um, "Here's me ten years ago" and "Here's me now" picture. That, but for, like, two years ago, Rhea Ripley, beginning of the May Young Classic, and her in 10 years' time, when yeah, she's, yeah. like, <laughs> battle-scarred and, yeah. like, really deep on the mosh yeah, kit. Yeah. Um, Basil then gets in the ring, gets in her face, and she says, Rhea, you might be the nightmare, but I'm the reality. And the reality is that you're going to be tapping or napping just like the rest of them. Then as she goes to leave, uh, Rhea says, oh, well, if that's what you think, why don't you do it now? Yeah, yeah, you're not going to step back in the ring, are you? Because um, I'll drop you. Mm. which I thought that was... It was a bit of a flat ending. I don't, I don't... It sort of... wasn't quite a cool enough line.
1: It sort of ended twice. Yeah. And it only needed to end once. <laughs>
3: yeah, I, but again, like... It's Crowd a hot, were hot for it's it. It's a hot build to yeah. a, what is going to be an amazing takeover yeah, match. Yeah, I think it's going to no be amazing. Doubt, no doubt. Can't wait. Uh, we then got a recap of the triple threat from War Games and um, the, the uh, news that Damien Priest apparently has uh, one or two cracked ribs because he was shown backstage with a medical um, technician, doctor... Don't know why I said technician. No, no why. With a doctor, a nurse, or some sort, saying that this was happening. Um, but it was also announced that next week he's going to take on Killian Dane, even with the cracked, cracked whip, ribs, wibs wibs Oh, Stopping sorry.
1: I th- I thought it was Dane next week. Uh, no,
3: it's Priest and Dane next week. Oh,
1: oh I must have ribs. seen. I must have seen Peter instead sort of priest.
3: Yeah. Um. So, and then it, then we got the Tomasa Champa versus Finn Balor, and that was all she wrote for NXT. Overall. A really, really strong, episode. Really strong the only, episode. The only match I wasn't like, that wasn't really like blowing me away was Mansoor versus Shane Thorne, but it did what it needed to do and it got out of there pretty quickly. Um, and also, it is, and I have also been the person who said, like, if you're going to use Mansoor for the Saudi Arabia stuff, make him a character, feature him on some t- shows at some point, do something with him. So at least they're doing something with him now outside of only featuring him once a year or twice a year well, in weird, Saudi Arabia. But, yeah.
1: But those shows still aren't the only, canon. The, only the only time yeah,
3: <laughs> the only time he works is like a WrestleMania sized event. Like yeah. it's
1: weird. Yeah. I I'm I, I'm not personally that sold on the whole man sort of project mm. personally. But that's just me. Um, yeah. But the rest of the show, opening segment amazing, opening
3: tag match amazing. Candice the Ray, Dakota Kai, a lot of fun. Uh, Akira Tazara, Leah Rush, wicked. Uh, that was probably match of the night for me. Actually. I think that was match of the night. Uh, Vanessa Bourne versus Zaya, Zaya Lee, Lee Fine. led into a really cool angle. So it was, you know, it was only I, I, that stuck around as long as it needed.
1: That's to. That's the one I question about only because it's sort of the uh, like it just it, the match just didn't need to happen and mm-hmm. it didn't need to be connected to what happened afterwards. It was, yeah. I just thought it was a bit odd that that booking for me was a bit odd.
3: But actually, this is I guess this is the other point of the the title of uh, our. Uh, discussion today that being there's an NXT title challenger in Finn Balor there's another one in Rhea Ripley which I think was probably more red into the weekend that mm-hmm. she had because she got the pin over Shayna Baszler at War Games but this is kind of cementing that so that's the build that we have going forward seemingly that Finn Balor and Adam Cole will be in the mix and so will Tommaso Champa. and then on the women's side I think it's going to be building to a Rhea Ripley yes. Shayna Baszler feud I couldn't be happier I think th- that is all the right choice Yeah, I'm just I'm now excited to see what comes next for the uh, North American title. Who's the next big contender yeah. for Roddy? Um, and I'm really excited to sort of... I think the end of the prophecy must be fairly soon.
1: The, fall- so. the, the, the fallout... Looks like of- Riddle might be the next... They, that was mentioned in the promo, wasn't it? I think Champa said sort of said that Riddle would go for... Yeah, it seems you know, like it
3: seems like it's those four versus those four yeah. like at some point. So there's going to be... Maybe there'll be a clean sweep and a complete new set of champions coming out of one of the takeovers soon. I don't know. Let us know in the comments down below what you thought of uh, NXT. I'd say it was a very high four-star show. Yeah, it was great. on a five-star show. Oh, no further questions. No further questions, that's Your it. Honour. Yeah, that's it. i, I was going to ask what you're doing this weekend, but I have actually already asked you that. Did you? Yeah, I asked you earlier. And you said, oh, you were getting drunk.
1: Oh, yeah. No, yeah you're going smart, to East yeah. to get drunk. I'm going to go to uh, quite a weird part of Outer London and get drunk with my friend. Yep. Um, but yeah. Yet, we're not really going to talk. I think we're just going to drink.
3: <laughs> I think those are the best catch-ups. I'm meeting a, an old friend tomorrow evening for a similar sort of catch-up where I think, like, the ones where you go home and I think, like, my girlfriend's often like, well, give me the details. What are they up to? What well, How's how's their wife? How's their new house? And it's like, I didn't ask any of this. Every time we go to d and D, I I get all of those questions when I go home. Is like, how's 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 your mate Dan? How's the baby? How's how's mm. Alex? How, they, how are they finding living in... Uh, rochester blah, blah 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 it's like i didn't ask any of this no. like ask me
1: how Zedark is <laughs> but also <laughs> i don't care because i know how Zedark <laughs> is he's dead um you know I, I, that's that'll basically be what happens tomorrow yeah oh, on saturday even but i i, I keep getting com- confused as to what week we're in so i thought tomorrow was when we're doing something mm. But it turns out we're your not. calendar blindness, yeah, and yeah. It also
3: because not even that's not even confused about what week it is. That's the day as well because we're not doing that thing on the Friday either. No, I know. Yeah, it's completely wrong. No, I mean, I, yeah, you've got you've, you've fundamentally misunderstood. Yeah, and I asked, and you, it you, was my idea. You, you booked it. You <laughs> said the date that you were free. Yeah, yeah, you know, I don't really do calendars. Mm. We
1: are going to see Knives Out tomorrow as well. That's a which is annoying because I've just booked in. I literally two days ago booked in to see it with some friends next oh, did week. You? Yeah, no. sorry. Well, we have to go see it. Can we, can we see something else?
3: No, we have to see it for ScreenStore. Can you not just see with, it? Well, how am I going... Well, it's a rubbish podcast. It's a rubbish review of me just, just doing it on my own.
1: No, just, you know write it down (laughs) (laughs) Um, but if you are interested
3: and you uh, are a subscriber to Screenstalkers YouTube channel then we'll be doing I mean you can watch it you're not a subscriber but it'd be great if you were a subscriber we'll be doing a review of uh, Knives Out tomorrow on the channel Uh, it'll also go out in podcast form as well for people who only want to listen to things rather than see them which is fair enough which is it's fine we're not great to look at so yeah there's that Please, please check that out. Please watch that. Uh, that's about all we've got time for on this podcast. So thank you very much for listening.
2: Goodbye.